You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Previously on Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. For 12 weeks, you have listened to me read you the story of Jack Markson, the Bionic Commando. Now, I could spend the time talking about the evil ninjas and how they damaged his arm, or how he teamed up with a kid named Tiger, or how he had to fight a big, giant, man-eating plant. Heck, I could spend the next ten minutes alone talking about how he battled a squid and lived to tell the tale. I could do all of this, but I'm not going to. Because if you don't already know all of this by now, then you probably shouldn't be listening to the season finale of Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. I'm serious. If you haven't gone through the first 12 episodes, then stop listening to this MV3 right now and go back and find episode 1. You really should hear it from the beginning, and we can wait for you to catch up. For everybody else, prepare to learn what happens to Jack, Tiger, Kilt, Master D, and all of that food. Prepare for action, because this is the season finale of Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Chapter 20 Jack knew there was only one way to beat the Albatross. He had to destroy the power supply before it destroyed him. The machine didn't wait for Jack to figure out a strategy. It blasted out a barrage of gunfire from every barrel of its arsenal. Jack shot a grappling hook into the ceiling and then swung before the bullets turned him into Swiss cheese. Then he pumped a round of ammo into the Albatross, knocking out two bazookas along the right side. Two down. Jack said to himself, A hundred to go. Albatross raised its sights up to him and blasted away again. Jack grappled across the ceiling, one step ahead of the bullets, and sprayed down a round of firepower at the rocket launcher along Albatross's flanks. One of the launchers burst into flames with a direct hit, searing Jack's feet with its intense heat. Suddenly, Jack felt the ceiling lifting up and taking him with it. He released his grappling hook and dropped it to the ground, watching the whole top of the command room slide open. The sky above was streaked with gold and pink hues of sunset. Jack thought of Heather and Tiger waiting high above stage 12. How he wished they were somewhere safe, far, far away from the range of Albatross's missiles. There wasn't time to dwell on that problem now. Albatross began to lift up out of the command room and into the sky. Jack knew that he couldn't stay on the ground like a sitting duck. He'd be bombed into that coffin in minutes. Throwing up the grappling hook, he latched onto the side of the albatross as it rose above the compound. Jack picked off the cannons on the left side with his machine gun. Albatross whined like a giant insect, shuddered, and then attacked with all of its remaining bazookas. Jack reeled back from the shock of the gun's recoil. He almost slipped off the side of the albatross into the yawning pit of the command room below, but he regained control and slammed another magazine of ammo into his machine gun. Jack pounded albatross with round after round of high-powered explosives, jumping and grappling away from its guns. He figured that he had knocked out half of its firepower, but he couldn't go on like this much longer. Then he looked up and he saw a huge orange light at the top of the albatross. It was blinking more slowly. The power supply. That had to be it. Jack loaded his last magazine of ammunition into Joe's machine gun. He had one more chance to get the albatross. 
If he failed, the whole world would fall to the bad empire. Jack took careful aim and fired. His bullet smashed into the orange light, sending off a shower of sparks that sprayed out like lava from a volcano. The giant magazine shuddered, then began to fall. Jack threw his fist up in the air. He'd done it! He'd destroyed the albatross. As Albatross hurled downwards, Jack caught his grappling hook on a flagpole at the top of the roof. He pulled himself up and watched it crash into the floor of the control room and then melted down story after story after story until it hit the bottom of the building with fiery inferno. Jack's hands were shaking as he pulled the orange communicator from his commando jacket. Feelings of pride and exhaustion fought each other in his mind as he called Hal's signal. Jack, you did it! Hal almost screamed with excitement. Jack had a smile at the very thought of Hal Hamilton, the calmest of the Federation's spymasters, losing his cool. Hal, the hand is dead, Jack said. But Master Destructo and Kilter still alive. Oh, I know that, Jack, Hal said. I'm sitting on the ledge looking over Kilt's private helicopter pad right now. Destructo and Kilt have just just climbed into the copter. You've got to stop them, Jack. Together, those two maniacs could build the Halbatraz all over again. One problem, Hal, Jack said. I'm out of ammo. Oh, dude, there's a bazooka hidden at the edge of the rooftop, Jack. Try to get it before they fly away. What? No, don't push me! Jack stared at his communicator in horror as Hal's voice broke off in a spurt of static. Then the contact went dead. Jack saw it all in his mind's eye like a terrible nightmare. The bad guard had crept up to Hal while he was talking to Jack. Just as Hal had sensed his presence, the guard had pushed him off the roof. His last words had been to Jack. Desperate words for so great a man. Jack fought back the lump that was raising in his throat. He remembered Hal at the Federation Spy School, joking with the new recruits. He remembered Hal being decorated for his successful mission against the Carp Conspiracy. He remembered Hal giving him his first spy assignment in the field. Jack snapped back to reality and heard the roar of the helicopter's engines starting up. Kilt and Master D were beginning their getaway. Jack ran to the edge of the roof in search of the bazooka Hal had told him about. He found a wedge in the corner of the building overlooking the helicopter pad. This one's going to be for you, Hal, he said, picking up the heavy weapon. Then he climbed up to the edge of the roof and sighted Kilt's copter lifting up along the high wall of the headquarters compound. Dozens of guards swarmed around on the ground below. Jack knew that Kilt didn't care how many of his men he left behind. Kilt was that big of a rat deserting the sinking ship. Suddenly, the guards below started pointing up and shouting. Jack knew that they had spotted him. He grabbed the bazooka in the left hand and checked its ammo load. There was enough firepower to blow Kilt into outer space. Jack knew that he would be too late if he waited for the copter to climb to his level. Soldiers would be radioing Kilt about him right now. 
Jack jumped off the ledge into a free fall, waiting for the shot that would avenge Hal's death. He dropped 10 feet, then 20, then 50. When Kilt's copter was just right in front of him, Jack opened fire. Bam! The bazooka ripped a hole into the chopper's side near the gas tank. Jack saw the sparks as he fell down towards the ground. Boom! The chopper exploded into a ball of fire that soared up into the twilight sky. Jack caught the beauty of it just before he blacked out. Game Hint The secret tunnels are between stages 17 and 14 and stages 15 and 7. Chapter 21 When he came to, Jack found himself dangling from a ledge one story above the ground. That had been a close one. Somehow, just before he blacked out, he must have activated the bionic arm's grappling hook. The wail of sirens blasted through the headquarters, followed by a series of loud electronic beeps that almost shattered Jack's eardrums. It sounded like the end of the world. Below him, Jack saw hundreds of kilt soldiers running around like frantic insects. He found out why a second later. Kilt's voice boomed out over the loudspeakers throughout the complex. Comrades, I have ordered the tape to be played in the event of my death. Without me, the Bad Empire cannot live on. I do not want any second-rate commanders taking over the troop of my dreams. Kilt alone will be remembered as the leader of bad. I have made sure that none of you will disobey my wishes. When this tape ends, it will activate a secret control. That control is connected to a self-destruct mechanism. Comrades, I am taking you with me through death's door. You have 60 seconds to prepare yourself to die. Farewell. Jack felt panic wash over him as Kilt began a countdown the seconds to destruction. He had less than a minute to make it back to the helicopter before he was blown to pieces with the rest of Kilt's empire. And worst of all, he had no idea where Super Joe was. How could he ever find him in this complex in 60 seconds? Jack felt a sick feeling rush over his stomach. Kilt was dead. Master Destructo and the Hand were dead. The Bad Empire would soon be blown to smithereens. But none of this mattered if he didn't find Super Joe in time. Jack tried to calm his thoughts. He remembered that Hal had taught them in school. In emergencies, there was always one rule to follow. Rendezvous at the escape point. Jack knew that that's all he could do. He just hoped Super Joe would be there waiting for him. Kilt was counting down the seconds to destruction in mad glee. 52! 51! Jack started to grapple back to the building, story by story. He had dropped the bazooka when he blacked out. Now all he had to protect himself was his bionic arm, but he didn't even need it. Bad soldiers he came near were only worried about saving themselves. They didn't seem to care anymore about the bionic commando who had blown away their leader. They were scrambling for helicopters, too. Forty! Thirty-nine! Jack tried to shut out Kilt's voice from his mind. He didn't want it to be the last thing he heard before he died. Thirty-seven! Thirty-six! 
Now Jack was one story away from the top of the building. He threw out his grappling hook and swung up to the roof. 32! 31! Jack searched every inch of the rooftop. No Super Joe! He pulled out the communicator and radioed to Heather in the helicopter. Heather, don't waste a second! Bring the copter down to the rooftop of the main headquarters building. Tiger will tell you where it is. Jack, I've heard from Joe. Heather screamed over the communicator. He's locked in the cell on the second story of the main building. Tiger says there's a door on the roof that opens to to a flight of stairs. They'll take you right to Joe. Mm, I've only got 25 seconds, Heather. Jack shouted back. This place is going to blow sky high. Don't let yourself and Tiger get blown away with it. Hurry, Jack, Heather said and broke contact. Jack quickly found the trap door on the roof and tore it open with his bionic arm. He counted the seconds as he ran down three stories of steps to the second floor. It took seven seconds to get down, and it would take at least seven seconds to get back up. Joe! He screamed as he hit the second floor and opened the door of the stairwell. Where are you? Jack heard a faint voice answer him off the left side of the hallway. He rushed into the huge room filled with three tiers of cells. Joe stood up behind the bars off the ground floor cell, guarded by two of Kilt's soldiers. They pointed their guns at Jack and started to fire. I don't have time for this, Jack yelled, ducking their bullets and then punching them with his bionic arm. Over the loudspeaker, Kilt was still counting down. 14! 13! Jack ripped off the door of Joe's cell and yelled, Follow me! The two commandos raced each other up the stairs and onto the rooftop. Six! Five! The copter was hovering ten feet above the roof, waiting for them. Jack snapped his grappling hook onto the landing strut and grabbed Joe. He pulled them both up into the copter pad and screamed to Heather, Speed lift! Now! Kilt's voice broke into a mad cackle as he made it to the final countdown. Two, one, destruction! Jack looked down at the Bad Empire as it went up into an inferno of flames that looked like an explosion of the sun. It was over. It was all over. Kilt and his henchmen would never curse the face of the Earth again. And Heather and Tiger and Joe, they were all safe. Jack looked over at Super Joe. His face lit up with the red glare of the fire below. Joe caught his gaze and grinned. Hey, buddy, I owe you one, he said. Jack thought back over the missions and all the death traps and near escapes. He knew he would do it all over again if he had to. You owe me two, Joe. At least two, Jack answered back. The helicopter flew off to a safe base in free territory leaving behind a trail of laughter in the twilight sky. Dear reader, 
Uh, I hope you liked Bionic Commando. Here is a list of some other books I thought you might like. Between Planets by Robert A. Heinlein. Black Suit from Outer Space by Gene DeWeese. Dog Song by Gary Paulson. Izzy Willy Nilly by Cynthia Voigt. And Trapped by Arthur Roth. You can find these books at your local library or bookstore. Ask your teacher or librarian for other books that you might enjoy. Best wishes, FX9. And now, an open letter to J.B. Stamper, author of Bionic Commando. Dear J.B. Stamper, of course, I'm just going to call you Judith. Do you mind if I call you that, Judith? I, I hope not. Well, Judith, we finally made it to the end of this book. Can you believe it? After all these weeks, we're finally there. And you know what's kind of sad? Is that lately, these are the only books I've been reading. All my friends are reading these really big, meaty novels. And and they talk about interesting story arcs and, and character development. And oh my god, it sounds so great. But I'm stuck here, reading about Ninja Gaidens and Bionic Commandos. Well, I hope you're happy. Before we get into uh, all the other stuff... Uh, going on with this book. Uh, first, I want to talk a little bit about this chapter. There's actually just a couple of things that stood out about these last two chapters that, that I thought I might uh, bring up. All right, first and foremost, uh, Super Joe is missing. Uh, who, who, who saw this coming? When they split up in the last episode, we all knew that Super Joe was going to die. Well, maybe not die, but we knew that he was going to get captured. And we also knew that uh, it would be a really convenient way of, of uh, Super Joe to be saved. I mean, let's face it. How much more convenient to the story can you get when you have you have 30 seconds to save him and there's a trap door that leads straight to him on the roof of the evacuation point? How, how, how convenient is that? that? That's terrible writing. What's more, that the conversation that Heather uh, has with Jack is longer than 30 seconds. How do you explain that, Judith? By the way, in case no one else is going to mention this, Kilt is a major douchebag for blowing up his own men. I, I get it. You don't want all of your other people to, uh, to to take over, but why not at least give them the, the, the freedom to make their own organization or, or at least use your technology or something? I, why do you have to kill them? And that's not all. I don't understand this ending. You, you blow, you blow him up. You blow up Kilt and Master D. You blow him up in, in, in a helicopter. What a cop out! In 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 the original game, you, you shoot him in the head, and his head explodes. In in the the recent Xbox 360 and uh, PlayStation 3 game, his head explodes, and that's the reason that I got a higher rating. It, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway. Speaking of things that are ridiculous, I just I jotted a few things down from the last few chapters that I just want to go over these real quick. We've already talked about them a little bit, but I, I there's no point in, in me doing this. But since we have some time, let's talk about this. Like, for example, the, the plastic bionic arm. Why is it plastic? I know I've mentioned this before, but come on. At least at the end of the book, you should explain to me why it's plastic. It makes no sense. Also... Jack's super appetite makes absolutely no sense. What, why is he putting salt on pizza? Why is he, he ordering three of everything in a Mexican restaurant? Why is he using stun bullets? Seriously, stun bullets. What the fuck are even stun bullets to begin with? 
I'm seriously. Okay, I get it. You have a stun gun. Great. Everyone else wants to kill you, but you're going to. You don't want to. You know. You don't want to kill them. What is it? Replace it with with rubber bullets. This makes no sense. You don't stun people in in the game, do you? Uh, anyway, uh, also annoying. Uh, meat eat uh, the man eating plant. The the giant squid. Tiger. Super Joe. There. Hey, wait, wait a second. Where'd the music go? No, 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 no. The, the music has to come back. I'm sorry, but I'm not. I have way more to say. We have thank yous to go through. We we have way more to talk about. Bring the music back. Somebody bring the music back. All right, we're going to get some more John Bryan music in here. He's, of course, the guy that did that last song, which is from the Magnolia soundtrack. So let's. Oh, there we go. We got some more. We got some more stuff here. We actually have some thank yous to go through. So let's let's transition into that real quick. All right. First and foremost, I want to thank Capcom and Grin, both of them. Without them, I wouldn't have been actually. I wouldn't have been able to do this. Well, that's not true. I I did Ninja Gaiden without any help from Team Ninja or Tecmo or any of those other people. So what the hell ever, huh? But but Capcom and Grin have been great. They they gave me sound effects. They gave me music. They gave me all sorts of stuff. They promoted me on their website. They did all sorts of good stuff. I really appreciate both Capcom and Grin. Um, without them, the, this this would have this would have sucked. Uh, I also want to thank the composers of both Ninja Gaiden and Mega Man 3. I, I know that probably seems odd, but uh, if you've been listening to all 13 episodes, you probably already know that there there's not that much music in Bionic Commando. I'm sure you've noticed there's only maybe eight or nine songs in Bionic Commando, and each of them are about two minutes long, so we've had to repeat them a bunch of times, and it's kind of annoying. Anyway, uh, we had to use uh, get creative, so we used some Ninja Gaiden, we used uh, some other stuff, some uh, some Mega Man. Oh man, we're running out of time. Hey, I also want to thank Jeremy Parrish for uh, saying he was going to promote this podcast and then not doing it. I appreciate that, Jeremy, I really do. I want to thank all the listeners. Hey, without you, uh, where would we be? And I want to thank FX9 because FX9 has three more books that I plan on reading, so maybe next year we'll come up with it. So we have Before Shadow uh, Gate, we have Metal Gear, and we have Blaster Master. Which one of those three would you would you like to hear? Send me an email or instant message uh, after listening to this and let me know, and I will read it probably next year. Um, so that's the end of Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. I want to thank everybody. We're going to be back with a big holiday thing uh, on Thanksgiving. So tune in then. Until then, my name is Cyril, and I just read Bionic Commando.